Hey, it's Nelson, one of the hosts for the Fantasy and Some Flights podcast. We are super excited to get this started and to bring you our first couple episodes. Since this is our first podcast ever, we wanted to let you know that we are still learning. That being said, we figured out how to make the audio quality better and it drastically improved starting in episode 3. If the audio quality bothers you, we recommend starting with that episode, but we still think the first couple of episodes have some great content. With that being said, let's get this started. Fantasy and some flights. Exploring the realms of beer, board games, books, and bourbon. Welcome to the Fantasy and Some Flights podcast. I'm Nelson. I'm Dalton. And we are here with our very first episode. How you doing? Dude, I am really excited to be doing this. Me too. Been a long time coming. Uh, this is very exciting. We're actually sitting down and doing this. This is probably a little bit before this podcast will be released, but it is very exciting nonetheless. Yeah. All our best laid plans are coming together. Oh, it's going to be fantastic. Well, just to kind of give you an overview of what this podcast is going to be about, we are going to be kind of talking to you about things that we love, which, you know, are beer, board games, books, and bourbon. So we like fantasy, sci-fi novels. We'll be kind of doing a little bit of read-alongs on those. We'll be diving into some of the ones, the old classics that we love. And then board games, we'll be looking at some of the new and upcoming games. We'll be talking strategy in depth in some of the games, and then... Beer and bourbon kind of leads us to our next topic. So each podcast, we will be sampling, mm-hmm. savoring, savoring one drink. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, maybe, maybe more. I wasn't told one. Okay, yeah, well, that's fair. That's fair. Um, so start us off, Dalton. What are you drinking tonight? Yeah, I chose the bourbon category tonight. You know, it's our first time, so I chose one of my one of my classics. My dad introduced me to. Uh, Angel's Envy and has a really pretty bottle. It has like angel wings on it, but it's really sweet. It's a really easy bourbon. So that's my choice tonight. I poured probably a little bit more than I should have, but (laughs) hey, we're celebrating. We're celebrating. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And I am drinking a New England style IPA from Roke Brewery called Hopgazer. A local liquor store was having a sale on these where they were I, giving them away. They were giving them away. <laughs> so this is a pint, and there were 24 pints for $10. So I went out and bought way too many beers, and my wife still has not forgiven me. No, no. she was. Uh, she's very slowly reclaiming cabinet space, though. That is fair, yes, yeah. because I keep slowly drinking more beers. <laughs> so that is one thing that we will be doing every single podcast is kind of going over what we're drinking. Um, if you guys have any suggestions, shoot us. Oh, I would love that. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Uh, Dalton's the bourbon guy. I drink whatever, but he knows the bourbon. I like the IPAs. Yep. So I like the stouts. The stouts, yes. Yeah. One day I will be an IPA drinker. We're working towards that. Yeah. Not it's a lofty yet. goal. It's, it's a lofty, lofty goal. goal. <laughs> <laughs> so the next part of the podcast that we will be doing, and we will not explain the layout of the podcast every single podcast, but since it's the first one, we're still kind of learning it as well. That's right. <laughs> so the the second part is every podcast we will be rotating between Dalton and myself on asking the other person a question. And so these questions are going to be kind of geared towards the topic that we're talking about. But if I'm asking the question, Dalton will not know what the question is, so he has had no time to prepare, and vice versa. So, podcast number one, the question that I have come up with. Hit me, buddy. What are you most looking forward to in this whole endeavor? 
in this whole endeavor the podcast the website the everything oh man let's see so probably i am really looking forward to being able to take some time to look at to break down game components and uh strategies into like we talked about kind of breaking down some of the math of it so um, I can think of some of our some of our favorite games where we've already had some of those conversations, uh, like Terraforming Mars and some other games that um, that really have a very consistent and uh, and fluid, uh, I guess, just math behind them or design behind them. Um, but a lot of that I've done previously, kind of in my head, you know. And so, um, or it's been at like three a.m. when we've already been a little bit tipsy, and I can't remember it. So now we'll have like a record. <laughs> Do you remember when we broke down Seven Wonders Duel? Yes, and we <laughs> eviscerated that whiteboard, and we came to basically no conclusions. Yeah, I think I think our number one conclusion was this is a very well balanced game. It's a good and balanced game. <laughs> that was the number one conclusion. So, so we will definitely bring Seven Wonders Duel into the lives of the listeners yes. in the coming weeks. Yes, very much looking forward to that. So, after Dalton or I ask the question, the other person responds, then I get to respond with my prepared answer, which yep. is a little bit easier. <laughs> um, I am looking forward to, we are building a website that we will have all of our show notes on. So anything that we talk about that on that podcast, you can link, we'll link to the show notes where we kind of flesh out any of the math. If we reference any graphs or any statistics, we'll publish that data as well. But one of the coolest things I think about this website is there will be different sites where users can go in and input data for us to analyze and so this is this kind of helps us to analyze kind of crowdsource the data so if we can sit down and play 300 games of terraforming mars my life would be complete (laughs) but unfortunately we both have full-time jobs and that doesn't really work so if we can get anybody and everybody to kind of get out there and help us gather that data then we'll be able to bring you better content and then also on the flip side of that is it'll be a calculator. So we are going to reference Terraforming Mars a lot because that's a fantastic game. Beautiful one. Beautiful. So with the Terraforming Mars, you will go and you'll put in your uh, corporation and then kind of each category of points that you can get. And it'll automatically calculate the final score, calculate the winner for you. So it, it is a little bit of interactive. The topic that we're going to talk about next is just to kind of... Um, introduce ourselves to our listeners and kind of get have them get a feel we're going to go over our top five favorite board games and since i put dalton on the spot to answer the question without thinking i will start sound good yeah yeah it does i think you'll probably hear some repeats of things we've already mentioned if you don't this podcast is over (laughs) (laughs) obviously we do not know each other that well yep (laughs) so another fun interesting thing is that I have not seen Dalton's list. He has not seen my list. So you are learning this at the same time that we are learning it. Yep. So I, I'm 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 interested. It, it'll it'll be a fun exercise. Yeah. I'm very. There's a couple games that I would be surprised if they aren't there, and then there's a couple that I'm curious if they will make the list for you. So, number five favorite board game right now. I have Scythe. Okay. So I thought it would be higher. I really did. Yeah. Um. But when I spent the time breaking all of this down i just they're they're just there are four games that beat out scythe that's exciting um it it really is um and i I think scythe is a very beautifully designed game Mm -hmm. um and mechanically if we were looking at just straight mechanics i think it would be a little bit higher 
Yeah. But when you take into account theme and nostalgia, Scythe, Scythe is my number five. Um, See, that's interesting because it has some like really pretty unique artwork, right? Like with the way that the encounters work. That's one of my favorite parts about that game, that this, the card itself tells most of the story and then the text sell, tells like a very small part of the story. You know, you kind of infer the story from the card. Also, the text is hilarious. Yes, it's also <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> I, I, oh, man. I, some of those encounter cards. And how the rulebook explicitly says that you are required to show the art on the card yep. to every other player before reading. Yep. That, I mean, it's in the rulebook. You can look it up. Yeah. We we follow that rule to a T. We follow all rules to a T. Absolutely, that one especially. Yeah, <laughs> and then some we just learn about later. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the one that's like convince the enemy soldiers that the markings on the cow contain. <laughs> it's like okay, that's hilarious. Yeah. Excellent. Fantastic game. Yeah. Ex- yeah. So what about you? What what's what took your number five? Slide? So this is one before the before the podcast. I was having a bit of a lengthy discussion uh, with your wife about this choice because I was I was going back and forth on a lot of options i settled on dominion okay um the reason i think i settled on dominion um my my work group has been collecting dominion data uh for the past 10 years so basically since the game came out which um, is definitely something that we want to go into in this podcast is breaking down that data yeah yeah it's super (laughs) fascinating but there's like a there's a there's a running um like leaderboard there's a strength of schedule modifier like it's just this crazy dumb excel spreadsheet that one of them built like seven years ago when the plant was going through a low workload period um and so like we play it every every friday um i think it's it it is definitely the game that i can think of that has the most potential outcomes uh besides maybe like go or something like that but just in terms of you know you're never playing the exact same game twice um but i still find that the best player consistently wins which i think is fascinating because it has such an element of luck in the randomness of the cards that are in play and the randomness of the draw being that it's a deck builder but consistently the best player wins um i can't even describe how that happens i just know that it does and i think it's fascinating yeah so something that i forgot to mention before we dived into these top five dalton and i both love role-playing games we are avid role players we started this. These are board games. We have excluded any role-playing games, and we have also excluded Gloomhaven. Yes. Because that game is fantastic, but it is a little bit different than any board game that I think about. Yeah, I we think threw it into the into the role-playing category, and it would have taken three of my top five spots <laughs> if I hadn't excluded it. So it was really only fair. Yeah, exactly. So throw in that caveat. Okay, so number four, I have the nice... Short little game of Mage Knight. Ah, nice. <laughs> <laughs> so, for those of you that don't know, Mage Knight is a very long, complex, amazing game where I think it took us like, and I don't even know if I want to admit this, it took us probably two plays to realize that you're the bad guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 you are like this god that just like summons into this world and then you just go kind of pillage the world and you destroy you burn down chapels yeah you... yeah i think that's when we were, we were like oh wait we're burning monasteries are <laughs> yeah. we the baddies <laughs> yeah. oh no i like it we always play the cooperative mode um I, I i really do enjoy cooperative games and mage knight is one of those where i mean you sit down and you slug through it for 12 hours and you you feel good whether or not you win at the end yeah it's another one with like some really cool individual mechanics i mean it's it's flotta right so yeah like it, it's gonna have some crazy unique mechanics that nothing else has yeah um, but the way that like deck building works into it but it's also on a board 
I don't know. It's I almost included it as well, <laughs> and I, I it, the reason I say that is it was one of the ones I was in contention for number five. Yeah, I think the only reason I did it is I've never played it with anyone besides you. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. And I have it so tied to time with you that I I, I don't know if it's like actually a good game or if I just enjoy hanging out with you so much. But I think it is actually a pretty legitimately <laughs> amazing game. I think it's a fantastic game. Yep. Talk about Vlada. You you look at his track record. Yep. And you see you know Mage Knight. You got code names. Yep. Like. Okay, what is that doing here? You got through the ages. Yep. Um, Galaxy Trucker. Gal- just right. like all over the map. I mean, just yeah. like you yeah, need to have a Vlada episode. Actually, <laughs> write that down. <laughs> yeah. What are your top five Vlada games? Yeah, what are your top five Vlada games? <laughs> oh man, but talented, talented human being. Yep. Okay. So number four for me. Um, we've already brought it up, but terraforming Mars. Um, so terraforming Mars. I assume I will see again on your list. It landed on number four on mine. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know how much you like that game, and rightly so. Like it is, um, That is a game we will definitely have at least one, if not more, time episode times dedicated to just because the math of it is absolutely fascinating. It, again, has some like really unique mechanics, kind of like came out of nowhere um, and just like jumped right up to the top. Um, all of a sudden, everyone knew about it. And also, like theming right like you're terraforming mars and yeah. that's that's just fun right oh. oh so yeah terraforming mars so number three on my list is game of thrones the board game so i love game of thrones yes all seven six seasons of the tv show were fantastic all six of them all six of them um and i really hope that we get to read more books when yep. they come out, um, if they come out. So, yep, George, if you're listening, <laughs> stop listening and get back to work. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thank you. But like, no dice rolling. Yep. It's kind of all hidden knowledge. All your movements, all your troop movements, are planned out in one phase, and then you execute in a, in the subsequent phases. Um, and I just think it is. It's another one. Of, now that I'm thinking about it, all of these are just like really long games. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it is one of those where you sit. I think now with the expansion, you can sit eight people around yep. a table and play, and we just love it because it it so encapsulates the <clears throat> the idea of Game of Thrones. There's a lot of backstabbing. Yep. To win, you have to backstab, and yep. you're trying to make alliances, but then everyone kind of knows that you're backstabbing them at some point, and yep. they beat you to it. And then the expansion I thought was fantastic. We've only been able to play it once, but yes. it adds the Targaryen race, which has a different victory objective, which I think is just a fascinating game mechanic. To yeah, have the asymmetry of it. The yeah. asymmetry, yeah. So, Absolutely. I think, it's, I think that that is a game where everyone can play, only one person will win, but everyone feels like they probably had a chance to win at some point, and I think everyone had a really good time. Like it's one of those where I actually I lose that game and I'm like that was still really fun. Yeah, you know I don't feel like I lost the whole afternoon. I don't know if I've played with you and you've actually lost. I have lost. I promise. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, the the trick, guys, is to seem trustworthy. <laughs> I just I would trust Dalton with my life. I just I don't. Know I know, it. and I take advantage of that. Okay, yeah. moving on. So, <laughs> number three. So I love high level strategy games. I love cooperative games. And so the intersection of those two, Axis and Allies, and there are very, very few intersections of co-op competitive games, um, and I need there to be more because I love that as a genre. I think it's so hard to do right. Um, there's really only, I really only think of two. I think of this one and Captain Sonar. I don't know, in terms of co-op competitive games. What about Dune? Dune, 
we're gonna put it, we're gonna put attack in that. Yeah. <laughs> Dune can be. You're right. Dune can be. But Axis and Allies like starts out with the like it starts out with the teams identified. It starts out um, with troop deployments on the board, which I always think is super interesting. Um, that isn't done super often in games, but it, it can be done. Actually, Game of Thrones does that, yeah. where you start with troops on the board. Um, but if you want to sit down and have a very high-level strategy game, there is the randomness of that, like, sort of risk gets that feeling, too. Uh, it's not strictly, like, risk where, like, dice rolls can just win a battle. Like, you will still have to play the odds, and the odds are kind of normalized out, so I like that about it. You roll so many dice that exactly. it kind of all levels out. It all levels out, yeah. Yeah, there are. It is an older game, so there are some fallbacks to it. Where like, there's you can go an hour and not actually have to do anything. You know, it's kind of that old style of game where people aren't active all the time. Um, but the fact that like you and your buddy can sit there over a world board and strategize against the other Axis powers on the other side of the board and, and kind of against their collective minds, I just think that's a really fun way to play a game. <laughs> yeah, I've actually only played Axis and Allies twice, so I I do really like that game. It did not make my list because. I've only played it yep. twice. Wow, we're getting down to number two. Number two. Number two. This one surprised me. Okay. Which, I don't know why it surprised me, because I wrote the list, right? But, <laughs> so this is a game where it's a very new game. No way! <laughs> and you know what it is already. I absolutely did. <laughs> it's a very new game to us. And so, it's Gaia Project. Gaia Project is so good. <laughs> and I... I've played it probably four times now, Okay, and I love it. It is everything that I want in a board game and more. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is just like, it's beautifully designed. Um, I've not actually played Terra Mystica, and that saddens me. But now that I've played Gaia Project, which is kind of like the yeah. revised version of Terra Mystica... People are probably going to get mad when I say that, but um, it, it's, <laughs> yes, it's a Terra Mystica game. It says okay. it on the box. It says it on the box. Um, but Gaia Project is, oh, it's just, it's beautifully done. Um, you feel, I, I like games where I can sit and build an engine and um, it, it's hard for other players to mess up that engine or do something weird to it. Um, and Gaia Project has some of that, but it also, um, I, I don't think that there are really anything that's explicitly, I'm going to go after you. You're a specific race colonizing multiple planets around the board, which mm-hmm. the board is modular, which is another thing that I just love. Mm-hmm. Um, we get, maybe you're going for the same planets and that's about it. The economy in the game with the power cycling, yeah. uh, the technology tree, yeah, it's just Oh, man, I just... I, I've thought about how to... Like, what is my favorite mechanic of that game? And that is a super hard question to answer. <laughs> and I've also thought about, like, what part of that game isn't modular? And that's another really hard question to answer. Almost yeah. everything can be can be changed. Yeah. That's one of those games where there's so much going on. So Dalton came over a couple weekends ago, and we were, we were playing through that game. And we were just, like... It almost looked like we would each stand up, walk to one side of the table, take that person's turn... Yes. Walk to the other side of the table, collaborate, take that person's turn. Yes. And it's like we were, it was so fun. Yeah, it was so fun because, you know, there's so much going on. The first two games, I didn't even think about victory points. Yeah. I was just like, okay, what can I do? And Yeah, that, yeah let's try stuff. Yeah. And anyways. we definitely we had a game there. We're, we're just going to rant about Gaia Project. Anymore, <laughs> but we had a game where we got to the end. And I think it was one of the times where, like, we have both most purely been excited 
about the final score. Yeah. Because we didn't we didn't care who had won. It was just we had done these two completely different projects, right? Where I had like I had gone for Gaia forming and getting claiming all of the green planets, right? And you had gone for making that massive federation. Yeah. And we both just wanted to see if we could max out those <laughs> paths of victory points. And we both did. We both like maxed out those and had really close massive final scores. And it was like that was cool. Like that's yeah. how that game should be played. Yeah. I want if, if anyone's listening that actually is good at this game I want to talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> Teach us your ways. <laughs> I just I just want to know how and I want to know what 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 do you do to be good at this game because I am still baffled by it. Anyways, so we've talked for a long time on Gaia Project. Dalton, what's your number 2? So, my number 2 Game of Thrones. So <laughs> it ranked just a little bit higher than mine than than yours and I just want to we've already talked about it a lot so I just want to comment on two things we didn't comment on before. Um, the first is it, it does have the diplomacy mechanic of the the hidden, um, oh, yeah, yeah, the hidden orders. So you deploy all of your orders first, and then you flip them up, and then there's the order in which you resolve them. And I think that is just such a fun and fascinating mechanic because you're right; it has like what feels like an element of randomness because you don't know what your opponents are going to be doing. But that's not random; it is deterministic. Um, it's just unknown. And then you're stuck with the orders you sent. You have to kind of make the best of the situation, even if you kind of misplayed it. Maybe your friend said, oh, yeah, you know, we will, uh, let's, let's do this. I'll, I'll attack this guy or I'll support you over here. And you sent an order assuming that, and then he flips his orders and you realize that's not at all what he did. And he's totally stabbing you in the back. And so um, that game is made a lot better, by the way, and we knew this was going to happen, <laughs> by the, the, the rule that, come, that came out in the expansion which said that you can trade power tokens. And that game needed that because yes. it gives you a way to, like, buy your opponents off. Yeah. With favors, and we had been playing that way. We did play that way <laughs> before before that. the expansion came out because it. I mean, and if you are not playing that way, mm-hmm. we we definitely suggest you move highly recommend to that because it just it fixes so many things because you can I I can attack you know I can attack Baratheon or I can attack Tyrell. Yep. Right. Who wants to pay me to not attack them? That becomes a valid play at the that point and so right it, it just it right, opened- you're not making promises for future favors it's like cash in your pocket right now um and because the power can actually influence who wins the game yeah you know what i mean you can actually accidentally fund someone to win the game by doing that yeah and, and that's fascinating too because you you start to build an in-game economy yep because every game can be a little bit different like a power token in one game can be worth more or less than a power game power token in a subsequent game yeah, which is which is fascinating to me, and so yeah, and I think with the comment just to reiterate that you said earlier, the fact that they so accurately replicated the feel of the books into a board game, but with mechanics that are actually fun to play and actually unique. I think I don't know how they didn't fall into the trap of just slapping together a game and throwing the theme on it, knowing that it would sell millions just because it has the name Game of Thrones on it. It is not that. It is actually an incredibly well-done game that could have been themed for anything, but is themed for a really cool series and captures the feel of it. Okay, number one for me is Terraforming Mars. There it is. <laughs> um, so this is this is kind of interesting. I played Terraforming Mars for the first time with Dalton and my wife, and we... Me and my wife did not own the game at the time, and I thought it, I thought it was amazing. I, I really did. And then I kind of forgot about it for a while. And then when my wife and I got married, we got it as a wedding gift because we're nerds and we put board games on our wedding registry. And then it kind of sat on it sat on our shelf for the longest time. We we never pulled it off the shelf, and I I don't know why, but my wife implemented a rule where after every Gen Con we had to play all of. <laughs> I have to play all of the games on my 
board game shelf before I'm allowed to buy a new game. Yep. Um, We're sorry to all those out there whose wives just implemented that rule. <laughs> <laughs> so we will put a little. We should put a little tag in there that says, "Hey, like if." Mm-hmm. You know, not, not safe for work, not safe for wife. Yeah, not safe. <laughs> <laughs> not safe for fiscally responsible. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Well, anyways, and then we we pulled it out to play. Uh, you we, <laughs> we we pulled it out to play, and I think we played it like three or four times that weekend. Like yep. it was insane. And we that is kind of what started this whole like I want data for games because we have recorded. A significant amount of plays now from mm-hmm. two player, three player, and then multiple. I mean, we we track everything. We track resource generation at the end of the game, what milestones were collected, what prelude cards you were using, um, everything. And so, I'm trying to get a feel for that. You know, if you fun planner, do you lose every game? <laughs> that, that is a that is a question I want to know. <laughs> And I want to see the person that funds Planner and wins a game. I yeah. I want to see that. Yeah. Because yeah. that, that's fascinating. For those of you that don't know, Planner is if you have 16 cards in your hand, uh, you can buy Planner as, as the milestone. Yes. Um, and that is very, very, very difficult to do if you're playing well. Um, yeah, I think. Yeah, absolutely. It goes directly against like the float concept, right? Where you are intentionally floating a whole bunch of your resources and not using them. The resource being your card. Yeah. None of the other milestones do that. Is the other thing. They all reward you for doing good things in the game. That one rewards you specifically for holding yourself back. Um, but yeah, I don't know of many games that do that well at um, any number of players in their range. Also, right? Terraform Mars can be played anywhere two to five, and they're all great games. Yeah, hands down. It's a fantastic two-player game. It's a fantastic five-player game. Yeah. So, Dalton, what's your number one? So, my number one uh, is potentially the game I've actually played the most of, which is actually a scary thing to say. Twilight Imperium. So, <laughs> Twilight Imperium, um, everyone has a gateway game, right? Um, a game, for many, that's something like Settlers of Catan. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's your Seven Wonders. It's Carcassonne. It's some some game where you play... And someone says, hey, do you like board games? And they introduce you to this cool board game. And you're like, oh, board games aren't just Monopoly and Risk. Like, there are board games that have, like, fun and interesting mechanics and aren't, like, I'm just sitting around doing nothing for my whole turn. So that was Twilight Imperium for me. I played Twilight Imperium first my freshman year of high school. Twilight Imperium is not a gateway game. Not in the slightest. (laughs) It'll take, like, 12 to 16 hours or something to play if you're doing well. Yeah. (laughs) Or if it's like the last time that we played Dalton one in like six. So, uh. <laughs> and I think I've played it. I know at this point I have won with every race. So I've played it at least like the fourteen or sixteen times, however many races there are. Um, but more than that, obviously, because I've lost games. Um, but I love it. It has um, it has a lot of nostalgia for me, if I'm honest. Like because it was it was again that first gateway game for me there was i was playing with my high school friends so i have these memories of playing it over weekends we're playing it in two days now and so today feels sort of like i'm december- so excited i know <laughs> D- today feels like december 23rd to me yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's like christmas eve eve today yeah because it's two days before twilight imperium <laughs> we got we got a friendsgiving tomorrow we'll probably play a lot of games tomorrow and then the holy grail on sunday twilight imperium twilight imperium yeah so and in terms of things i like about the game i mean like i said the nostalgia 
there are several mechanics I like. I really like um, Puerto Rico has has this mechanic as well, where you're sort of you're you're drafting a card that implements a, a phase or a uh, a game mechanic that other players then have access to. That if that strategy card or, or whatever isn't drafted for that round, that no one gets to do. Um, so I've always really liked that mechanic. Um, that determines the play order. Also, it has really fascinating races. It again has a modular board that you make. Um, it has voting. It has intrigue. There's a there's you know everyone we require in my friend group has the phone number of everyone else at the table because you just have to be able to like have secret communications and you have to be able to trade your trade goods and make trade alliances and break deals and backstab and 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 so you get to just it is a 4x game um, and all 4x games are fun and complicated um, but this one has the added benefit of having that like level of intrigue I think that makes it really special for me. So I've actually only played Twilight Imperium once, which makes me very sad. By the time this podcast comes out, it will be at least twice, hopefully maybe more, if I get lucky. <laughs> so I played, you're going to have to help me with this, I played the the plant people, Arborek, the first time, and I thought they were fascinating. They're just like basically a little disease that everybody just kind of hates. Yep, 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 because they, they get to sort of infect a planet, and then their production capacity becomes exponential on that planet. So all of a sudden, where normally someone, like, takes over a planet, you're like, oh, that's not that big of a deal. At least, like, it can't grow from there. That's not true with the Arborek. If they, like, infect you, you're like, I have to get this out of my base. Yeah. One of the uh, one of the podcasts that we want to do is kind of talking about Twilight Imperium, and I think it'll be more of Dalton talking at me. Uh, <laughs> it might be an interview style. <laughs> I, I, I will be more of a listener just like you, where Dalton is telling me all the strategy and depth that Twilight Imperium has. It yeah. is a it is an exercise for me in, in in games like that. What is my advantage right now and how do I leverage that into winning the game? I think that is when, when I get people to ask me, hey, what should I be doing right now? And how do I win this game? That is a fascinating conversation, and that game really like highlights that. And that's kind of what I think a lot of strategy games boil down to. It's just harder to see in a lot, and in Twilight Imperium, it's like really in your face. So, third edition or fourth edition? Fourth, unfortunately. Oh, no. And third has the nostalgia for me, and so I almost feel like a traitor saying it, <laughs> but fourth edition is better. They, they cleaned up. It was Third edition was a little too big. It was a little too sloppy, and there were some mechanics that just weren't they just didn't quite work the way that they wanted them to. Um, but the way that they did, uh, specifically the voting in 4th edition, is a lot better. It's a, it's a lot more straightforward. Um, the tech tree is simpler, which I don't like, but I think was probably necessary. Um, it's simpler, it's cleaner, it works better. The only thing I'm not super big fan of is the way that the objectives work in the fourth edition i think they're a little bit more like monochrome where like the third edition had a whole rainbow of uh objectives and there was weird ways that you could re- be rewarded but yeah fourth edition probably that's interesting i want hmm, i'm trying to think if i want to say this because i know my wife will probably listen i want to buy that game <laughs> <laughs> i don't think i would ever play my copy because dalton's friend has his copy but it just looks so good on a shelf it does look great on it oh man it's just like it's a it's pretty on a shelf yeah not safe for wife yeah (laughs) (laughs) nsfw (laughs) yes we'll tag that well yeah so we i mean this is this has been awesome i've really enjoyed doing this with you absolutely i'm really looking forward to kind of going in not all of these episodes are going to be um what do we like what let's talk about us but i i thought we thought that it'd be really good to kind of talk to you and kind of get you to kind of understand who we are. Our next episode, we're going to be going over our top five favorite books. Yeah. Uh, which, again, we 
don't know each other's answers. So right. Um, yeah, so, you'll see a different side of us there, though, which I'm yeah. excited to see. And, and that's one of the things that we will be encapsulating in this podcast is both the board games and the book side so we'll probably tag each podcast so yeah um if you're looking for a book podcast you you can easily pick those out for sure um but we love this stuff and we hope that you guys do too yeah so, yeah i will be really excited to see i mean both of our lists focus i think really heavy on the complex strategy high high, high complexity high strategy level board games i'll be really interested to see um from from you guys as you uh, comment in or as you're um, as you're making profiles on the website, just kind of exactly what what makes a good game for you. What ends up in your top five? Um, I would love to see you know people that are listing games like Code Names, right? Like um, Carcassonne, like the the games that are more social, which are not quite what we have. Yeah, you know how many how many people um, from our uh, listening group are ending up like us or ending up kind of in that more social group or ending up in the cooperative games or ending up in the push your luck games it'll yeah. be it'll be an interesting it, it'll be fascinating i gotta ask what were the other four contenders that you were looking at for your fifth spot yep mage knight okay um code names ashes Oh my goodness! Ashes, ashes, blast from the past! Fat Shout flash. out to Plat Hat Games. Plat Hat Games easily is it? I think it's still the prettiest game I know of. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, Scythe is really pretty, but Ashes just kind of takes the cake. It's I, like, just I, gorgeous. Yeah. I cannot think of another game that I I have literally just opened to just look through. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where you're just like, this is just impressive. Yeah. yeah. So Ashes and then Scythe. Scythe was was also in contention. Okay, yeah, good. Okay, well, so thank you all for listening and sticking with us throughout mm-hmm. our first episode. Um, I don't know if you heard. We'll we'll hear it on the playback, but I, I did get up and get another beer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just so you know where to reach us, you can follow us on Twitter at Ansom Flights. Fantasy and some flights is too long for a Twitter handle, so yep. we are just at and some flights, and then uh, our Instagram is fantasy and some flights. So we we post some pictures. We I I I enjoy Dalton kind of puts up with it. Um, I enjoy really taking the pictures. He pauses the game for me to take the pictures, and then <laughs> uh, something kind of interesting and unique that we're kind of doing uh, is every Tuesday we're doing a time lapse Tuesday yep. where we have filmed ourselves playing a board game and then sped it up to the 10 to 30 second range so i think it's cool yeah i think it's really cool (laughs) especially the games that um which we don't want to spoil too many of what those are going to look like but the games that build right the games that build in color or in the board and you kind of get to see someone's army grow or the build the board itself grow or or colors develop those are the ones that over a time lapse look really interesting yeah and so you can find us on instagram fantasy and some flights yep um the website is fantasy and some flights.com turns out I'm we're sensing a theme so <laughs> so we, we we did fantasy and some flights fantasy for the board games the books and then and some flights is the flights of beer and the flights of bourbon yep if anyone was curious where that name came from thank you all for listening and we hope to see you soon yep cheers buddy cheers <laughs>